Poof and Ain't Easy is my podcast that focuses on health, wellness, and experiences that have helped me in this journey called life. My goal is to motivate others to be their best and healthiest self. Each week, I'll be talking about topics I'm interested in, such as health and wellness, and things I've applied and how they've benefited me in my everyday life. Hey guys, so thanks for listening. I didn't do an episode, um, I haven't done an episode in like two weeks and honestly, like I wanted to set myself a goal of having an episode every single week, but honestly, life just gets in the way. Like I literally just got married um, and then you know, during that, like, week, and then after that, it's just, like, this, like, you know, you're, like, planning something for so long, and it stresses you the fuck out, and then when you're done, you're just, like, you know, I just want to chill for a little bit and not add anything to my plate, but this week, I'm back, and today, we're gonna be talking about dopamine, um, and, the topic of this episode is optimizing your dopamine levels for just like overall happiness. Um, and as you know, the more I go into dopamine and what roles it um, it serves and too little of it and too much of it, you're kind of going to get an idea of like, okay, like this chemical in my brain has a lot to do with me feeling happy, me feeling motivated. So guys, honestly... The brain is amazing and it's science and depending on things that you do, things that you don't do, you release like these chemicals in your mind that affect your mood so much. So I feel like if you learn the science and you realize that like your brain is just like this thing that sends out chemicals and messages all day, like you'll learn to like do things that um, benefit you and make you more happy just because you understand the science. Um, so, okay, dopamine. Um, again, I love dopamine because it's linked to like so many things like, um, so for example, dopamine, it's a molecule that is linked to our sense of motivation. And I'll link all these articles, but Everything that I'm reading, I got it from like some kind of scientific article, some study. Um, a lot of the stuff that I got from here also was from Andrew Huberman, which is a neuro, I think neurobiologist, I think. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, super smart brain dude that works for Stanford University and he's a genius. So I just did a bunch of research and basically... This is what I found on dopamine. So going back to what dopamine is, it is a neurotransmitter, a molecule in our brain that is linked to our sense of motivation. It is involved in movement, memory, pleasurable reward and motivation, behavior and cognition, attention, sleep and arousal, mood and learning. And I... In all of my research, I found, which I thought was um, pretty cool, is when you have too little dopamine in your brain, 
You can feel tired. You can feel unmotivated. You can feel um, unhappy. And also, if you have like low, very low levels of dopamine, like people who have Parkinson's disease, which is that, you know, the, the disease that like you like basically shake, you have tremors and, and eventually gets to a point where you can't really do daily activities because you shake so much. But because dopamine is linked to movement, when you have too little dopamine, not saying that you're definitely going to get Parkinson's disease, but basically the people who have Parkinson's disease have very low levels of dopamine. So I don't want to scare you and like, oh my God, I need to raise my dopamine or I'm going to get Parkinson's disease. No, that's not the case. It's just this is a common thing in people who have Parkinson's disease. They have lower levels of dopamine. So yeah, too little dopamine, you're tired, you're unmotivated, you're unhappy, and um, people who have low dopamine have uh, Parkinson's disease. It also plays a role, the level, levels of dopamine play a role in schizophrenia and, schizophrenia and um, ADHD, which is attention deficit disorder. So high levels of dopamine is... So we went on the right amount of dopamine, too little dopamine. Now the high levels of dopamine, you feel, this is when you have too much dopamine. You're, you, you're euphoric, you're energized, you have a high sex drive, you have too much, um, you're, you have trouble sleeping, you have poor impulse control, more aggressive. So it's like you can range from like unmotivated, unhappy to when you have too much, you're like, you have way too much energy. So ideally... You want to keep those ranges in a, like, it's a balanced range. You know, some things you do, you're going to raise it, you're going to lower it. But ideally, you kind of want to stay in, like, that happy medium to where every day, more or less, you're feeling um, happy, motivated, alert, and focused, which I think is what we all want. So, um... The first thing that I found was, so I kind of wanted to bring up some examples of things that we do that affect our levels of dopamine in a bad way and then end with things that we can do to increase our levels of dopamine in a healthy way. But basically, um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the effects of dopamine on our brain with social media, which I thought that I found this article, I thought it was super cool because I always found it so interesting, like why social media is so addicting and why I feel like depressed when I get off of social media, you know, and like just why it's so addicting, why it gives people anxiety, um, you know, basically those two things. So this article that I found is basically related to social media and the effects it has on the dopamine in our brain. So the article basically starts um, by saying that, and again, I'll link these articles, but it starts by saying how studies show that when we engage in social media, we're engaging in a feedback feedback loop related to dopamine feedback signals. So 
This same loop that we engage in is similar to the things that we experience when like other addictive behaviors were like gambling. Um, so for example, when you are playing on a machine in a casino, there is like a, an intense anticipating period. And when you're at that intense anticipation period, it is at this stage that the dopamine neurons are very active. And when the outcomes build up, the, I'm sorry, when the negative outcomes build up, so like if you don't, obviously if you lose whatever, the person or you, whatever, you can become disheartened and disengaged. And when you're disengaged, you lose dopamine. Um, the disengagement from the machine in the casino is caused by the loss of dopamine activity. So the reason why people are engaged is to make the, um, the, the reason why people continue to engage in games is because they want those dopamine levels to increase. So again, when you're playing these casino games, and it's similar to social media, it's like the same phenomenon that happens when you're on social media. When you're on social, when you're, playing these games in the casino, the intense anticipation of like, oh shit, like, may I win something, may I not win something, your dopamine neurotransmitters are like having a party, and when shit goes south and you don't win anything, it's like, okay, dopamine are like, peace out, like, we got nothing to do here. So that's what keeps you constantly engaged, Um, and they relate this to social media because social media in the same way as you have these high anticipation periods in the gambling when you're gambling and like oh shit may I win something may not you experience the same thing when you're on social media so basically when you're on social media you um so, so social media works by providing positive stimuli at random intervals so for example if you're constantly checking your phone for notifications and updates for something that could be intrinsically rewarding, like somebody likes a photo or you get a hard eye comment, you know, whatever, you're constantly kind of looking for that stuff because it raises your dopamine. But honestly, most of the time, it's like a neutral stimuli. And maybe on occasion, you get that positive stimuli, which is that like, that hard eye comment, that funny video that somebody sent you so that those instances of oh like I guess like excitement which again comes from the positive things that come from social media you know the like the hard eye comment whatever that those instances is what keeps you addicted and what keeps you in the feedback loop so I guess like when I read this in the article, I'm like, okay, this kind of makes sense because when I'm on social media, I'm like looking for something, you know, like I'm looking for the latest tea. I'm looking for something like exciting, you know, and most of the time it's like, it's nothing crazy. You know, it's like somebody posted a picture of them going to the coffee shop and then somebody posted a picture of them walking their dog. And then somebody posted a picture of them going to the gym. Like, it's nothing crazy. It's just, like, normal, everyday type shit. But, like, 
it's those moments of like, like, oh, like, you know, this makes me feel good. That keeps you constantly engaged. And what the article says is that, you know, text, text, um, likes, messages can be rewarding and they can give you feelings of happiness and satisfaction due to this like virtual social life that social media platforms mimic. But a lot of times these are short-lived and when they wear off, people look for more. So I love how this how they tied this to the gambling thing in the casino because when it's like you are looking for more and you do that when you're gambling, you're looking for more, you're looking for that high and you do the same thing when you're on social media. And honestly, these algorithms are so smart and they know how to keep us addicted and how to keep us hooked on our phones because they know what we like. So they know that when they show us something that we like, our dopamine receptors are like, hell yeah. And that's how they keep you engaged. So they're super smart, but you know, I think we all know that when you're on social media so much, like that high that we're looking for, it doesn't ever really last and we're always looking for more and it always just leaves you feeling very empty. So again, the article also mentions how being on social media is linked with anxiety, depression, negative self-image, self-harm. Why? Because we see all these amazing things that are that's happening in everybody's life and we compare ourselves to everything that's going on and you're like, well, why isn't my life like that? And one of my favorite quotes is, comparison is a thief of joy. And I wish I could write this all over the walls, all over my house, because it's so hard not to compare yourself to others. But that's kind of what social media does. Like you unknowingly compare yourself by seeing everything that people are doing every single day and like obviously people only put the best things out there so the article did say which i think we all know this it is linked to anxiety depression negative self-image self-harm but the article also goes to say like why people spend so much time on social media besides one of the feedback loops which they refer to a term called salience which is basically the idea that so people elevate the use of social media as one of the most important and integral parts of their lives and they use it as a way to like alter their feelings and mood states so you know if you think about it like Can you imagine if somebody told you delete, you have to delete your Instagram? Like, I would probably shit my pants. (laughs) I think think all of us would probably shit our pants. Like, all of us are walking around with, like, you know, shitty pants. But the point here is people make social media so important that if anybody were to tell you like you have to delete it you would literally have a heart attack and don't give me the excuse of 
oh, I connect with people, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, some of that is true, and I think it does help us connect with people. But, like, honestly, please be honest with yourself. How many people are you really, truly connecting with on a daily basis? And if you really, truly wanted to connect with them and hang out with them, you would say, hey, I am logging off of social media. What's your phone number? Let's hang out. That's, like, this virtual shit is so... To me, at least, it's so unfulfilling that I get so much more, like, satisfaction seeing someone in person, hanging out with them, having good, meaningful conversations, having a cup of coffee that, you know, this virtual thing, like, yeah, it's cool and everything, but sometimes I honestly feel like it just does more harm than it does good. But, you know... The point of it, of this, is basically to say that for you to, like, the worst thing for you to do for your dopamine levels, if, you know, getting back to the science, is being on your phone all the time, being addicted to Instagram, because you're always looking for that high, you know, the high that never really lasts and never really leaves you feeling 100% satisfied. And another reason why you don't feel satisfied is because dopamine, the way dopamine works is it's very like reward based. That's why it's linked to motivation. So the reason why like I guess, so the reason why dopamine is so cool is because when you do things like, for example, you work out and you get that such a nice feeling after that actually lasts, that's your dopamine levels rising. But why? Because you had to work for something, you had to work out and your body is responding by, um, you know, giving you those happy, happy chemicals in your brain. But when you do stuff that does not require any kind of work, any kind of sacrifice, such as like, you know, binging on social media, eating junk food, being addicted to TV. Like we get such a quick like instance of that dopamine that we want to keep getting it. So we stay addicted to it. But at the end of the day, no matter how long you're on your phone, you are not going to continue like that high is not going to last. It's going to go away in seconds. And we're all going to turn stupid because we're all on our phones on social media all the time and on TikTok and on Facebook and whatever. So, you know, social media is a big no-no to our dopamine levels. And if you want to feel on the daily, you know, more ha- more happy, more motivated, try more focused, try being off of your phone. And this, again... Because it's linked to ADHD, I was watching a video from Andrew Huberman that he said that a lot of people that think that they might have ADHD, like they can't focus, they feel like they can't focus. What really happens is that, let's say for example, for the population that's like on their phone a lot, the people that are on their phone, they're on their phones a lot might not be too focused all the time because again you're always looking for that next dopamine rush so you can't focus so that's another thing too if you feel like you can't focus stay the fuck off your phone like 
give yourself a timer, whatever, to stay off your phone. And I like one of the things that I like to do is, which I don't always comply because fucking social media knows that like you, you know, they just know how to keep you hooked and it's so annoying. But like I have a timer and I set it on my phone and it's like 15 minutes and I'm only allowed to be on social media for 15 minutes. So like the days that I don't really want to be on my phone that much, I really try to stick to that. There are days where like if I go out to, um, if I am like doing errands in the day, like or if I'm like going out to dinner with my husband or doing something with my husband, like I like to just leave my phone at home and just doing little things like that to give yourself a break and really just like enjoying those moments with like your loved ones. That's the dopamine that leaves you feeling satisfied, not fucking, you know, having your phone on, having your phone, being on your phone, being on, on social media while you're on a date with your husband and I honestly like okay I don't want to come off as judgy but a lot of the people that because I've known people like this they like post pictures with their loved one and they're like oh my god like on a date I love you so much but they're like on their phone the whole time so it's like dude what are you like what game are we trying to play here but anyways That was my two seconds of talking shit. But long story short, stay off your phone. Not good for your dopamine levels. And um, not good for your focus. Not good for your motivation. Not good for your happiness. So I think the goal is here. We all want to be happy, motivated, and focused. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about that negatively affects dopamine is alcohol. So I found this other article um, online, another scientific article that talks about alcohol and how it affects your dopamine. So one of the points that I found from this article was that alcohol stimulates the activity of dopamine releasing neurons and basically enhances dopamine-mediated signal transmission in parts of the brain, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, it increases your dopamine. So, you know, have you noticed, like, like when you're drinking alcohol, you have, like, that one glass of wine or whatever, you have that one drink, and you're, like, feeling good, like, oh, this is making me feel good, and then once it kind of starts to wear off, you're like, oh, shit, I need another drink. That's your dopamine going down. When you're feeling good while you're drinking, like your dopamine is high. And when you start to like wean off and you're starting to sober up, you're like, oh my God, I need another drink. That's your dopamine levels going low and you saying like, oh shit, like I need you know, another drink. I need to raise my, um, my dopamine again. And they actually did a study with rats too, and they showed that that rats that were injected with alcohol and orally took alcohol showed an increase in um, dopamine levels. But, you know, so basically showing like, yeah, you have alcohol, it increases your dopamine. But 
what I think is like so interesting with alcohol and just like any kind of substances, it's that because when you're taking these substances, it raises your dopamine by so much. This is why people get addicted to substances because they're addicted to that feeling of happiness that they get when their dopamine levels rise that they don't ever want to escape from that. So when their dopamine levels go back down and your brain is like, shit, I need more alcohol, I need more dopamine, I need more crack, I need more heroin to get my dopamine levels back up, that's why people get addicted to substances. And it's kind of sad too because people are trying to like escape their realities whenever they use substances. They're trying to like not face what they're dealing with because like they're too depressed or they're too anxious or they're too whatever. So they like try to mask it with substances. And I notice in myself like whenever I... If I like drink moderately to heavily the day before, the next day, like, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. And I talked about this in my alcohol episode, my one month without alcohol. The next day you feel like so, I don't know, it happens to me, like so sad, like so anxious. And I think it's because... I'm doing all this shit to my brain where the day before it's like high, high, high dopamine and then the next day you just crash and like these like up and downs like that obviously that can't be good for you and that's why the next day you feel like sad, like unmotivated and that's going back to what I was talking about when you have too little dopamine, you're tired, you're unmotivated and you're unhappy. So the next day when you're drinking, you crash on your dopamine and you're like, you know, freaking depressed and tired and whatever. Amongst the other things that alcohol does to make you feel that way. But I really think it's these like crashes in dopamine that you basically do to yourself. So, you know, the like there's so many things that I could talk about that could that affect your levels of dopamine that decrease it whatever but I wanted to talk about two two of the main things that I feel like we do in our culture which is one we are addicted to social media and two we're always going out drinking so you know I'm sure there's many other ways that lower your dopamine but these two main ones that seem to be part of millennials and gen z's like every day is I thought you know one of the more important things of how you you lower your levels of dopamine so now we get on the happy part of the podcast where we talk about how we can increase your levels of dopamine so this information I got it from Andrew an, an article written by Andrew Huberman and um if you want to check out his stuff you can go on hubermanlab.com and he has all of his articles there all of his podcasts and what I love about this it's like free to the public like I listen to a lot of stuff on Spotify but you just go online and you look at his stuff and you learn a lot and 
you know, like I said before, he's brilliant. So he gave a few tips to how to manage your dopamine and improve your motivation and drive. And number one, he said, view morning sunlight for 10 to 30 minutes every day. And he said, um, obviously, don't wear sunglasses when you're out there because you want the UV to um, get into your eyeballs. So don't wear sunglasses. But obviously, don't look at the sun. Like, I don't want you to start looking directly at the sun and be blind and be like poofin ain't easy said to look at the sun no I didn't I said look towards the sun not at the sun to raise your dopamine levels every single day um take a cold shower and um he said that this increases baseline dopamine for hours so I have a love-hate relationship with the cold showers. Obviously, when I'm getting in the shower, I'm like, fuck this shit. Why am I doing this to myself? But the feeling that I get after is so amazing. Like, I feel so good after I get out of a cold shower. And I started incorporating this in my daily routine after I read this book by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me and also reading on all the benefits of cold showers. But basically... My cold shower is my one hard thing that I do every day, at least, or at least, and I do it, try to do it every time I go to the gym, which is like five days a week. And what I love about the cold shower is the moment I, like, one little toe touches the (laughs) cold water, I'm like, like high levels of anxiety, like, oh my God, freaking out. And it's not even like, it's just like anxiety about the shower itself. Like it just like, I just like my mind just races about a million different things that cause me anxiety, which I think is so interesting. Cause it's like, my, I'm putting my body physically under this thing, but like anxiety is anxiety. So like, I'm going to think about the cold shower and then I'm going to think about this fucking thing, email that I had to send. And then like, I'm thinking about all these things, but when that happens, and I'm in this cold water, I'm like training myself to breathe and calm down and like just, you know, be with the cold shower. And eventually like that initial pain of the cold goes away. And that just sets my day up because It's like, okay, I started my day, all this anxiety, but I calmed myself down. I realized it wasn't that bad. I realized that I'm resilient and like I got through this cold shower. I can get through basically anything within my day. So that's how I feel when I take a cold shower. And then obviously, I mean, I'm not saying that's related exactly to the dopamine. I just think that's just like you training your brain to calm the fuck down, but That good feeling that you have after you get out of the cold shower, that's the dopamine. Like that physical, like good feeling, that's the dopamine levels going up. So he also says to, um, the other ways to increase your dopamine is to eat tyrosine-rich foods, which are red meats, nuts, hard-fermented cheeses, and um, the why foods that are rich in tyrosine, it's because 
tyrosine is a building block for dopamine. He also mentioned how to increase your levels of dopamine to avoid melatonin supplements. That it can, so melatonin supplements, according to Andrew Huberman, can decrease dopamine levels and disrupt normal sleep patterns. And that melatonin is only recommended for jet lag. So I think so many people are misleaded by melatonin because supposedly it helps you sleep and blah, blah, blah. But like really you're only supposed to be using melatonin when you're jet lagged and you're trying to like get your circadian rhythms back to normal again. But if you're like dopamine, I mean not dopamine, melatonin is not meant to be used daily and it can you know, surprisingly, and when I learned this too, I was like shocked, but like it can disrupt your normal sleep patterns. So, um, the other thing is avoid viewing bright lights between 10 PM and 4 AM. And he said that viewing bright lights activate a part of your brain that decreases dopamine. So I didn't know this. This was new to me. I thought it was pretty cool, but For sure, I do notice that whenever I view bright lights after 10 p.m., like, I have trouble falling asleep. And um, I try to dim my lights after, like, 8 p.m. And if I'm watching TV or something, wear blue light glasses. Actually, right now, I'm wearing my glasses on top of my glasses. (laughs) Because I take my sleep very seriously. Like, I'm... I have my glasses on top of my glasses, like my regular glasses, and then I have my blue light glasses over my eyeballs so I can read the notes on my phone because I don't want to disrupt my sleep. Um, And then finally, just do things that make you happy, like genuinely give you feelings of happiness after, like exercising. I, I... I feel like exercise is the cure for so many things and I love I'm I'm addicted to the feeling that I get after I work out like that feeling is so addicting and you know it it even happened to me today like I woke up and I was just in a funk like you know you ever wake up and you're just like in a funk you're just like like just in a bad mood And I don't know if it's like I was in a bad mood because my dog was just pissing and shitting all over the house or I just woke up in a bad mood. (laughs) But, you know, I did a little workout in the morning and I didn't do much to like really push myself and I stretched and then I'm like, you know what, like around like 12 o'clock, I was like, you know what, I already knew I wanted to work out again. Um, I didn't, honestly, it wasn't even true workout in the morning. I was just like practicing like, I like to dance, so I was, like, practicing my dance moves. <laughs> but um, but the second, I was like, okay, I, I know I want to go on a run. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on a run at 12 p.m. when it's the hottest in Miami, and I'm going to go on this run, and this is going to be fucking hard, but I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to stop, and I'm just going to prove to myself that I can – You know, I'm going to prove to myself that this is like a mental challenge and I'm going to get through this and I'm not going to stop during my run. So 
during my run, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I was literally like mouthing like F this shit the whole time. And I, it was so hot and it was so brutal. And like, if I stopped for one second, like, I think I remember I tried walk like towards like after mile two, I was like, okay, I tried to stop and like my legs were, I was like, my legs are going to give out. So, but I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to push through. And even if I'm like jogging and I'm doing like little baby steps, like I'm still jogging, like I'm not going to (laughs) walk. So, um, at the end of the thing, it was brutal, but like I got home and I felt so amazing and it just like reset my day and my whole day just kind of like changed and I thought that was just so amazing because like if we tie the science to it and dopamine to it like I just did something that was fucking hard you know and not so much like the three mile run was hard but just doing it at that time of day and not stopping was hard So again, dopamine is linked to this motivation, right? So when you do something that requires work and you accomplish it, dopamine. But that's that dopamine that lasts for a while, the dopamine that we want. So, you know, I exercised and after that I was like, I felt so amazing. I felt so great. And honestly, whenever I'm just in a funk or if I'm just like feeling whatever, I just work out and I like the days that I'm in a funk, I really, really try to push myself to my limits and like, I don't know, just put all that energy towards my workout. Um, and it just does, honestly does wonders for me and it just changes my whole mood and I just feel amazing after. And, um, you know, it's honestly guys, it's science. It's science. Like the things that you do every single day, It has some kind of scientific effect on your body. So work out, do the hard shit, raise your levels of dopamine in a healthy way um, by working out. And then the other thing that I do on the daily that makes me happy is meditating. So I'm not sure exactly how to tie meditation with levels of dopamine raising or decreasing but I can say for sure that meditating has made me a calmer a happier a more rational a more peaceful person and obviously I think it's because meditation is all about being present right and when you're fully 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 present There's no room for intrusive thoughts or, you know, intrusive anxiety thoughts or intrusive depressing thoughts or intrusive any thoughts because you are fully 100% in the present. So when you're fully in the present, naturally, you are just going to feel more happy, more at peace. Um, I don't like using the word happy completely for meditation because it's not really... Like sometimes I do get those feelings of happiness, but what I could say overall is just peacefulness. And I guess being at peace is what makes me happy. But 
you know, all in all, meditation is a great tool to just increase your mood every single day. Um, but, you know, I hope that you learn something from this podcast. I hope that you decide to stay off your phone, to be more present, to drink less, to exercise more, to take a cold shower, um, avoid the lights, the bright lights after a certain time, look at the sun every day, you know, doing all these things that are naturally going to release the chemicals in your brain that are going to in turn make you just a more happy, motivated, alert, and focused individual. So thank you for listening and until next time.